Hello everyone and welcome to the very first ever The Whole 115 Yards Women's Football Podcast. My name is Freya and here with me today is my co-host, co-founder and very good friend, Lindsay. How are you doing, Lindsay? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Now, we should say to people, this is probably our 10th attempt at the first ever episode at this point. Um, first of all, because Muggins here didn't record the audio of your part, so I was just talking to myself for an hour. So now we've tried it. We're good, and we're actually going to have a two-sided conversation today, which I'm very much looking forward to. Yay. Now, <laughs> I know, we'll get there in the end. Um, if everyone else can do it, so can we. Now, if you don't follow us on socials, first of all, where have you been? We need you to follow us. So if you do like podcast, you like the sound of us, you want to hear more of our wonderful musings, then please give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and tell all of your friends, even if they're not into football, because we are relatively new into this world, and we're looking forward to growing our community even more. We're across all socials as the whole 115 yards, and we're the ones with the green logo with the right white i'll say that again put your teeth in the white writing on it um so you can't miss us now we are usually very aston villa women biased as we write blogs for villa news but we are branching out as the whole 115 yards and we're talking about all the top leagues in women's football across the world and key talking points that come up too so what a better way to kick off the new podcast by previewing the 2023 women's world cup which will have probably started by the time this pod goes out. And we are so proud that so many of our Villa squad are being called up to their national teams. So we'll be discussing our thoughts, hopes, dreams for each of our squad players, first of all. And then after that, we're going to be discussing our predictions for the group stages, our dark horses, as well as big names to watch, and really just getting really excited for the tournament to begin. And we hope you can come on the journey with us. So let's start with our Villa player profiles with the one and only Rachel Daly. She's finally got her number nine shirt. How happy are we with that decision Serena's made? We are really happy. Um, I, I don't know a player that's English that's played in WSL or in Europe or America this year that has outperformed Rach. Um, she's just been phenomenal. She just walked into WSL like she played it when she was in America. It, it, there's no transition. It's been absolutely smooth. You see some players, they come into the league, they need a year or two to grow, but she's just breezed in and like a fresh air, like fresh air. So I'm, I'm just so pleased for it. And the bonus is Alessia's lucky number is 23 because of Michael Jordan. So, in actual fact, there wasn't really much of an issue with Rach getting that number nine. Um, it's just about whether she started as number nine. And I can see that happening. So, so pleased. So that was going to be my next question, actually. So we are pretty sure she's going to be that starting number nine this summer? Yeah, I, I think so. I think um, what Lessie brings off the bench is better than as a starter. Um, I mean, what Rach brings, uh, especially to the tough games with all her experience, her knowledge, um, just the way she reads the game, having been a defender for so many years for England, as well as playing up front as a striker. I think she just, she can read the game. She can get us that 60 uh, minute mark. And then if we need to switch it up, bring on super subs, then we can bring on Lessie, we can bring on Beth England and really kick on so it gives us that opportunity to mix it up but she's a hard worker and I really can't wait to see her start as number nine and bang some goals in for us. It's not biased at all though are we? No not at all. <laughs> We're very subtle about that uh, but we yeah we've seen her quality her skill and just how like you said how hard she works on the ball and the fact that we've got people fighting for that number nine spot you know, as a country, we, you know, we're of the moon. We're so proud of them that we've got those options. We're not, you know, struggling for people. In fact, there's so many that we can definitely talk about another time. Um, players that have been missed out the squad that we would have loved to give the opportunity to. So we are absolutely buzzing. She's got her number nine shirt at last. Uh, mine is in the post. I have made the decision. Um, I am going for Rich Daly, number nine on the back of my shirt. Um, <laughs> finally made the choice. Now, next up we've got our lovely Kenza Darley. Now she is representing her native France of course. She did miss the 2019 World Cup through injury and I reckon that's made her more determined to get back into that starting lineup and show what she can do. Um, we've said from the beginning haven't we she's an absolute magician in midfield, so creative, 
do you reckon she'll be able to translate that into the French side? Yeah, I mean, she came. She said she came to Villa in the summer to play with Rach and to be provided to Rach and help her get that golden boot. For her, it's not about assists. It's not about creating things. It's not about build-up play or statistics. It's about Rach banging in those goals. And I think that's a skill which she's perfected this season, especially since the midfield reinforcements um, in the Christmas window. And that's something she can take, along with the confidence of doing it consistently and successfully at a very high level, take to club, club, uh, take from club to country and keep pushing and giving the French team the service that they need in, in, and hopefully create some more goals, but hopefully not against England, of course. <laughs> we don't want to play against us, but um, yeah, excited. Yeah, I think, like you said, her experience is going to be invaluable and the experience she's going to bring back as well. Like the amount of players that, again, we've still got so many to discuss, just what they're going to bring back to Villa and then hopefully we'll be able to see that world-class quality next season. So excited. Um, now, we will talk about France a bit later um, and how we think they're going to do. So next up, we, well, this one's more of a technicality. We've got Hannah Hampton, who we know isn't a Villa player anymore. Very sad about that. We did let her go to Chelsea, but we can't deny how proud we are of her that she's England's second choice goalie. Now, do you think her getting the minutes in the friendly against Canada will have really boosted her confidence going into this? Yeah, definitely. She's had um, a brilliant season. She's started off rocky with personal issues, whatever it is that's gone on. We don't want to speculate. But she's picked herself up and she's got her head down and she's grafted and got herself back into the England setup. Mm. And it's it's the reward for her hard work and the fact that both Carla Ward and Serena Wiegman are saying, you know, Hannah's doing really well, um, that it, it'll give her confidence and her training with Mary Earps. Mary Earps likes competition. So the two of them are just going to push each other and push each other to be the best that they can be. And we know Hannah was a striker, started off as a striker. So having that knowledge will help Mary's game as well, um, especially when they're doing the training. Uh, as you'll see in the uh, media roles of, of the two of them and Ellie Raybuck. But no, I'm just so pleased for her and her confidence levels are just going to be sky high, which is going to be great for her when she comes back to club. And she speculates to go on loan to Brighton, but that's rumour. Um, but wherever she ends up, she's going to do well. So it's just building on a good summer last year, a little bump and keep going. So I'm really chuffed for her. Yeah, absolutely. I can't echo that anymore. You know, we feel that she's such a safe pair of hands. Her and Mary, we've never once, you know, seen their name on the team sheet and gone, oh, oh no. Um, you know, we always trust in both of them wholeheartedly, which brings us on to, we've got quite a few goalkeepers in this list, haven't we? Um, our second goalie out of three, we've got Annalite, who's been called up for New Zealand. Now, she's our number two at Villa. Um, and again, she's not first choice for New Zealand. However, she's still so young. And to be that good already, having this home World Cup, it's just going to be phenomenal for her confidence-wise, isn't it? Yeah, we saw her. We, we actually went to the game, the Conti Cup game, um, last season against Manchester United. And she was a penalty hero for us. And she was just a safe pair of hands. She was brilliant. And at a time when we really needed someone to step up and fill those shoes that Hannah left because of injury, she just... like. I don't want to say breath of fresh air because I've already used that, but she just stepped in, stepped up to the plate and was like, yeah, I'm here, did a fantastic job. And I know she's had a few niggles this season, which has left her out of being on the bench, but this this opportunity will, again, do her good to get more experience, be in the club setup, or the country setup, and I can see her being a number one in the future if she carries on the way that she's doing and consistently being the number one. So I'm so... So excited to see her play. I hope she gets some minutes at this tournament. Mm. Um, and I'd like to see that, but I'm not the New Zealand manager, so <laughs> and I'm biased. So. Yeah. Oh, you. <laughs> um, and actually, talking about Anna Lee and her potential in working with world-class goalkeepers, actually brings us on to our next and final 
um, goalkeeper in our list, which is the wonderful Daphne Van Donselaar. Now, one of our favourite stories that we will keep telling people forever is how good we are at predicting new signings for Villa. Uh, we've done about three, so clearly that, that counts for, for a lot. Um, now, we predicted Jordan Nobbs, we predicted Lucy Stan, and we also said to each other when we heard the rumours Hannah might be leaving, we said, tell you who'd be really good, that Daphne Van Donselaar. We really liked her at the Euros, and funnily enough, Carla Ward and Villa then announced she was going to be our next goalkeeper. So obviously very excited because we're retelling the story again um, when the announcement came. Um, and we keep saying it, but she's so young. All of these players are so young and so full of potential. And I was actually reading an interview with her. Um, she said after the Euros, she had the option to come and play in England, um, something she always wanted to do. But she decided to take another year at FC20 in the Netherlands to consolidate her knowledge of the game and still grow without that pressure. Um, so when she did come to England, she was so ready for it, which I thought was a really mature way to, to handle that because there were a lot of big signings after the Euros, like Kira Walsh to Barcelona, um, but she wanted to make sure that she was ready for it. Um, so seeing her at country level, how excited are we to see what she can do for Villa? Well, I just have to reiterate again how brilliant she was uh, for the Netherlands at the Euros. They had a bad Euros and um, when you've got players like Danielle van der Donk and you've got Viv Miedemar and you've, you've, you've got a squad of brilliant players like that and then they're not performing and the standout players are goalkeepers. I mean, she kept them in the Euros as long as they did. So to see her at this World Cup, I'm excited. I'm also excited to have her back at club level because of what she can bring um, to an elite's game. So I'm hoping that the youth that Villa are building is going to really uh, allow them to establish themselves with some solid long-term players. But also at country level, they're just... I'm just so excited to see her play. I really hope she has a brilliant World Cup like she did at the Euros. And I think if we play the Netherlands, she's going to be the player to watch out for, the player that's going to stop us from doing what we want and frustrate the likes of Rachel Daly, Alessia Russo, Georgia Stanway, um, because she's just so good. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and yeah, I was there for the Euros game, um, Netherlands against France, and she pulled off some spectacular saves. So it didn't go um, the way for them in the end, but the fact that she wasn't even their number one and had to come in through injury, um, again, just shows how strong she is and she's only going to get better and only grow, isn't she? So again, very, very excited. We need to think of another word for excited, by the way, because we're... <laughs> um, we're always excited. Always excited about everything. Uh, now, coming on to another one of our brilliant signings. Um, I mean, Villa have done so well this window, haven't we? We'll talk about our Jordan Nobbs. Um, so as everyone knows, she left behind her beloved Arsenal to come and join us in the winter transfer window. And as much as we know, um, it was a heartbreak for her and all the Arsenal fans. It's probably the best thing for her um, at that time because now she's front and centre for Serena. Um, as she was picking her squad because obviously she's there she's at the world cup she's down under and again we keep saying it but you know she looks so happy and chilled and just so comfortable in that squad um and absolutely buzzing to be there because it might be her last one we know she's not a guaranteed um call up each time and she is getting a bit older not oldest but a bit older um but you just don't know in football do you so you can tell she's soaking up every minute and round to go. Um, so Jordan out there with the number 12 shirt. Um, what do we think of Jordan getting that call up? I think it's well deserved. Uh, she took a, a big leap of faith, really, coming to Villa. Um, and it showed um, when she came. It, it's like, can you describe it as when you had a, a, a bad breakup and you go out with your friends on a night out and you're just there to have a good time and a laugh and you're just not feeling it and she's been like that most of the season um which is a shame but it's a lot to break away from a club that you've been there for over 10 years and you're part of the furniture um and you you bleed 
the the club colours to then go somewhere else. But Carla's brought her in. She's developed her. She's built her confidence. She's helped her fall in love with football, and she's got her what she wanted, which is back in the World Cup squad. Um, yeah. Is she a starting player? Probably not, because we've got an established team. But she's a good squad player. She's a great option to have on the bench. She brings so much experience to the England team. She can bring what Jill Scott brought to the Euros. Um, maybe not the, the bad dancing and the uh, the bad jokes, but um, she's. I know she's more of a maternal figure, but um, she can bring a lot more to the um, the England squad. And I just hope that this isn't necessarily the end. But if this is her last big tournament uh, as an England player, uh, because she's um, the m- more mature end of the spectrum, shall we say, um, then. Uh, I can hear you laughing when I'm saying that. <laughs> um, uh, then I'm hoping that she'll go out with a really good tournament and lots of memories. And she, like you say, she's absolutely glowing. She's so happy. She's with Lucy Stan. She's with Lucy Bronze. She's with her old mates that she started this journey with. This is the perfect way to end the journey, although we hope it doesn't end here. It's the perfect way to end the journey. And we, we are hoping for a Jordan goal, but... It, you know, if it doesn't come, it doesn't come. We're just hoping for Jordan minutes. Oh, I got a bit emotional listening to that there. Um, yeah, we just, she's deserved it. She's been so unlucky with injuries and, you know, she deserves this chance to shine. So I'm absolutely with her on that one. If she can get a worldie, you know, we'll absolutely love her forever. Um, <laughs> and what a way to sign off if it is to be her last one. Um, so, yeah, so briefly, uh, we have mentioned Lucy Stan quite a few times. Um, now, she's with the Lionesses um, until their first game, along with my Leticia, because they've been called up as standby players um, after Jess Park had to withdraw with a shoulder injury. Um, so even though she probably won't play, even though we hope she does, but that means someone has to get injured. So we, <laughs> it's a, you know, swings and roundabouts. But the fact that she's there and she's been called up and to just have that knowledge that Serena has chosen you, um, and that you're even in Serena's sights um, to be part of this squad, that's got to have done wonders for Lucy's confidence, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, uh, I I think, I don't think the call-up wasn't completely unexpected, but I think for a lot of people, a lot of the fans, it was a bit left field of a, a call-up, um, as there were mm-hmm. people that maybe could have come in the setup, but I honestly can't think of a better person because her experience, again, like with Jordan, is just going to nurture those that haven't been to big tournaments at this level, um, uh, like Lessie, like Tooney, that are, you know, they're starting to become established players, but they haven't had the opportunity. So it's great to see that dynamic in the squad. I think that's what Serena's trying to build. She's trying to build in this transition with so many players out injured she's trying to build cohesion and that's perfect and lucy this season for us she's done the dirty work she's put in professional fouls she's taken one for the team she's she's allowed other people to shine and you know alicia kenza uh, kirsty all to shine uh, by doing all the the scrappy bits that people go don't really notice but that hopefully that knowing when to jump in, when not to jump in, when to take a foul or take a hit or, you know, to buy the, the team time to get back and consolidate. I think that knowledge imparted to the, the youngsters and the older ones that just haven't been to a big uh, cup competition like this um, mm. in the world of good. And I think for Lucy, uh, she knows she's towards the end of her career. Um, more than she is the start of it so I think this for her um, her wife might not be very happy but um, and having to rearrange plans but uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think it'll be really good for both of them and it'll be a great icing on the cake for Lucy I'm really chuffed for her yeah because we looked into it didn't we and you know the last time she was called up to the squad was 2019 um Again, please fact check us if you think any differently, but that's what we got, Um, which isn't a hundred years ago, but in football terms, you know, it's a long time. It's it's a long time. Yeah. So the fact that she can then retain that standard to be able to still be, you know, in the (laughs) 
just out of the inner circle of the squad, you know, is is phenomenal. Um, and again, they, they all look so happy with the kangaroos. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, that experience is just going to be fantastic. And our next player is the lovely Alicia Lehman. Now she's a big name that's been bandied about when talking about the Swiss team. Um, she's completely turned herself around in the latter half of the season, hasn't she, for us? Now, hopefully we get to see that Alicia on the Swiss field. Um, what do you reckon? Which, which Alicia is going to show up in the tournament? Well, it's only going to be one Alicia. I mean, I know she's, she's had a, a good bit of socialising since uh, the end of the season, but you just know that with Alicia, she's going to turn up um, at, at this World Cup and she's going to be really wanting it because she's taken time out the Euros for personal reasons. She has spoken out about mental health, about getting harassment online, bullying, trolls, all the, the things that come with extra publicity and visibility. Um, mm -hmm. But shouldn't be happening in 2023. That it's just, it's alright for people to not like you, but to go to the extreme that they've gone with her, it's just not not on. So you can understand why she needed time out. Um, but uh, this World Cup, I think she's going to be on the ball, raring for it, trying to get the get Switzerland out the group. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm really excited to see what she can do. This, she's playing with a lot of big big names so hopefully she can carry on what she did at Villa with Switzerland and they have a, a successful campaign yeah definitely um because at one point I think when her um contract is up we got a bit worried didn't we so we're like no no we want to keep her like we, we we need her here um um because yeah. she did have that push in that second half of the season to be like right okay world cup's coming up I need to prove you know my quality because she is she's a superstar um and she just had a bit of a lull, didn't she? There was a couple of matches, a couple of months um, where she wasn't herself, which, you know, could be due to um, a number of reasons. We know players do go through that. Um, but yeah, we're so happy that this Alicia is the one pushing into that squad. Um, and to be playing along with, you know, Ramona Backman, Leo Valti, um, she's with some incredible, incredible names. Um, so yeah, watch the space for how Alicia does. Uh, last but not least, not least, but I am double checking that we haven't missed anyone. Um, <laughs> we've got the wonderful Rusha Littlejohn, um, the Queen. Um, now she is another one of the players that Villa released this summer. We're still absolutely heartbroken. What are we going to do without our content queen on hand? Um, I don't know, but hopefully something gets announced very soon because she can't disappear like that um, <laughs> without a proper goodbye. So she's representing her Republic of Ireland at the games. Um, we did think at one point with injuries, it just seemed to be one thing after another, didn't it? Um, we called for her to be wrapped up in cotton wool, um, you know, locked in a room somewhere that no one could hurt her. <laughs> so she would be in with contention for this squad. Um, but, you know, she's she's got there. I mean, some countries we saw um, called up larger squads and then made harsh cuts. You know, I'm still not over Martina Piemonte not being selected for Italy, but um, Rue made it out of that squad. Um, so how do you reckon Rusha's feeling that she's in that squad after so much doubt? Well, I think uh, when you saw the interview she did with uh, her twin, Siobhan, um, I think uh, you you could tell the, the stress um, and, and the worry about her not being fit because she's had a really bad season, just injury after injury. Mm. Um, she was made of porcelain, I think, this season. Um, she's such a shame because she's a good player and she can really put a tackle in. And like Lucy Stan, like the, the, they do similar jobs. They both do the dirty work to allow others to shine. And she can also pick a pass. So... I was really worried that she wasn't going to make it. Um, I know she calls herself a plastic paddy and she has played in the youth setup for a long time, but this is the history making team that are going to play in their first World Cup. And to, for her to miss out would just be a really experience ending really to her career this season. Um, it would just, it just wouldn't be, it would just be a tragedy. And it, it's such a shame because I think she deserves to be there. She's put a lot in on and off the pitch 
could get there. Um, and I really hope that this will give her the opportunity to shine. And she plays like the last game she played in that was televised. Um, and she's mm-hmm. picking passes like that. Then, to be brutally honest, then any anybody in the WSL is going to snap her up, even as a squad player, because of her, her injuries not being, you know, she hasn't had a good year. But I, I think she's got a place in WSL and we just need someone to sign her up um, because she'd be wasted going to the championship. Um, I really hope that this will be the start of something new, but we're hoping that we talk about comeback season for injuries, don't we? And we talk about Chloe Kelly coming back from ACL injury. We talk about um, Beth Mee coming back from injury. And although she's got another one, and them having their comeback and their revenge season, and I think that this world yeah. is going to be her revenge tournament, um, not revenge on anybody else, but revenge on the injury to get her where she needs to be. So I'm I'm excited for her and the Irish girls. Yeah, it's an opportunity to prove herself, isn't it? And like we said, a shot window for someone to come along and go, you know what, Villa, you shouldn't have let her go. Um, you know, come be with us, come show, come show you worth. Um, even again, like you said, come on a super sub because she is a very, very good player. Um, and as we know, Ireland are quite a physical team. Um, and none of them are afraid to put a tackle in, are they? So, um, fingers crossed, she will get um the recognition she deserves in this tournament. Um, because if not, we'll create a club, we'll sign her, we'll have her. <laughs> um, you still getting a shirt with her name on the back, by the way? Yeah, I am. I'm just waiting for payday to come round and then I'm getting it. And also, yeah, I'm getting a, a, a Rue shirt in solidarity with Rue because I can't get a Villa shirt with her name on um, anymore. So I, it's the only way I can support her. No, it sounds perfect to me. Now, we've got three more members that we do want to quickly just mention um, of the Villa squad. We've got our Kirsty Hansen, hopefully, Richard Corsi and Simone McGill, who repped their Scotland and Northern Ireland teams respectively in some friendlies on the last couple of nights. Now, um, updating this since uh, when we first discussed it, they've since played Finland and the Czech Republic respectively. Um, they won both of those um, matches, both of them, and Scotland took a 3-0 win over Northern Ireland too. Now, they're playing so well. Um, it's such a shame, isn't it, that neither of them um, qualified for the World Cup? Yeah, I agree. I think Scotland uh, qualified for the last World Cup and it's a shame mm. that they that group was just a bad group because it was cutting out too many clubs from the same part of the world. Um yeah. too many sorry, too many teams from the same part of the world. Um and we, we like diversity at the World Cup. So it was a bit of a a shame for that. But I mean it was so close. Um it was just one goal in it that separated the, the, the Scottish and the Irish. Um, but, you know, they've taken it on the chin, they've gone away, they've, they've let some of their players retire, um, the uh, Jen Beatty, and, and then they've got new blood come in and, and they can build on this going forward for the Euros, League of Nations. Um, obviously, they'll be with us for the Olympics, I think, um, as Team GB. So... There's lots of things for them to, to work on. Yeah, and like we said, Scotland have done it before, so they know it can be done. Um, Northern Ireland, though, they've got so much more um, quality in their players. Like, in the next couple of years, their funding and their development is just going to go from strength to strength, isn't it? So oh, We all said about Simone McGill as well. She was out with her ACL injury and coming back um, for Villa, it was like a new signing, wasn't it? Because we didn't actually get a chance to see her because it was before the Euros, wasn't it? Yeah, she did it in the first game of the Euros, uh, which I was devastated for her because things were going so well. And I think when things are going really well, life has a way of sending you sideways sometimes. And mm. it's tested her. She's got her head down. She's paired up with Remy Allen, um, who, again, is another player they shouldn't have let go, but we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> and Remy's uh, paired up with her, took her under her wing, and the two of them have worked really hard. And it showed, and they've come back. And that, that game against Scotland was, I think, the first time Simone's played a full 90 minutes, like, in a proper match. 
Um, so that was fantastic to see. And we saw her put in a good few minutes towards the end of the season, saw her link up with Rach Daly. So I'm excited to see that dynamic build this coming season, um, but also watch uh, Ireland develop themselves uh, with these the players and the investment and the new blood. There's a lot of youngst- good youngsters coming through the ranks, so I can't wait to see what happens and really hope that they can represent at the next World Cup. Yeah, so watch this space over the next couple of years. And that is a wrap for our Villa Player Profiles. So the next thing we want to talk about um, are the countries that are debutantes at this year's Women's World Cup. Now we've got the Philippines, Republic of Ireland, Zambia, Haiti, Vietnam, Portugal, Panama, and Morocco. Now, we've talked before about how it can be really easy to underestimate these teams, you know, coming in for the very first time. Do they have a legacy? Do people know much about them? Where do they, where do the players play their football? Um, and how are they going to compare? It's really hard to gauge it. Um, but we can't forget that, you know, they've made it to the stage, they've qualified, they've done enough. So even if they don't have much of a chance to get out of their group, they can definitely cause some upsets. So we've already talked about um, Republic of Ireland. So shall we move straight on to Zambia? Now, they've caused a bit of upset recently, haven't they? Um, They're friendly with Germany the other night. Now, we were watching it, weren't we, live? Yeah. And we thought, we were like, oh, they've got the score wrong. It says Zambia, a tuna up. What? Uh, Germany are, Germany, you know, they're giants of the football world. so the fact that Zambia could come into this match against Germany, not have that pressure, um, who are usually, you know, really strong opponents, and they've been able to end up winning it 3-2. So to go into that and perform like that, that's got to have some confidence, right, in Zambia team? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, Germany are, they're always there. They're always dependable. They're... Um, they're competitive, they're physical, they're disciplined. Um, they're a good team to go against. They're always, you know, when you look at the rankings and when you look at the the end of tournaments, they're always in the top four kind of thing or they're there or thereabouts, even when they have a bad season. And they're, they're just really tough. But for Zambia to go and, you know, take it to the extra, not extra, added extra time, but extra time and, and win, um, fact check that um and uh and uh and win three two it's just it's the lowest ranked team it's it's a, a turn up for the books and then for them to play switzerland and and, and draw three three it shows that they're really competitive and they're not just here for a nice holiday they're here to compete and they're here to get out of the group and i think if they carry on like this then they're going to go from being the lowest ranking team to a lot higher and they might even get out of the group. They might do an upset, as it only takes with these cup games. It only takes one team dropping a point, uh, or having a draw instead of a win, and it gives teams like this a chance to capitalise and get out of the group. So, mm. with a, a goal advantage that they're likely to have with the players they've got, they could get out of the group. I'm not saying they will get out of the group. Don't come at me, but. Um, <laughs> They do stand a good chance of really pushing the teams that they're around to get out the group. Yeah, and I think these friendlies, you know, it gives these teams a chance to be like, right, look what we can do. Um, Because they won't have probably had much of a chance to go against these big European teams. And, you know, it's it's a dream come true, isn't it? It's playing against some of these big names. So they've shown they're big scorers. um, They've shown that they're not there to just be a placeholder. They're here to fight, to compete. um, And, you know, they've had some really good standout players, which, again, we will talk about soon. Um, But I think they're going to cause a lot of upset, um, which is going to be brilliant television (laughs) uh, to watch over the next month or so. So, again, we can't wait to see what they're going to do. Now, we've also talked a bit about Portugal, haven't we? Um, We haven't seen much, but what we have seen... um, Again, maybe not get out the group because their group's quite competitive from what I remember, but they've got potential, haven't they, um, from what we've seen? Yeah, so, I mean, they played England and we were 
poor for us. Um, <laughs> by that, I don't mean that we should have gone out there and won 10 0. Um, I just think that we didn't click, uh, and that meant that we didn't achieve what we wanted to. We had two strikers on, and they frustrated us. Um, so, credit to Portugal for doing that because they can go up against a team that's been almost not 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 completely but almost undefeated for a very long time won yeah. accolades won uh winners versus winners medals you know finalisma and to do that then all credit to them you know they they really stand a good chance and even and like you said they might not get out of the group but i think for other teams they will be a big stumbling block yeah, because just have a little look, they're in a um, group with uh, Netherlands, USA. So against those big names, probably not. But again, they might take some points, might they? And I think if they're going to push, like we said, um, it might be like when Ireland played France. You know, they held them for the first 60, 70 minutes and it was getting a bit getting a bit nervy towards the end before the goals then came for France. So if they can keep a respectable scoreline, you know, that's they should be proud of themselves for that and you know coming into it um so we said they're probably not going to get beaten <laughs> 20 nil or anything like that but yeah it it's going to be tight i think in that group um we've said let's go on to vietnam now we've talked about some names that it might go well for that they might challenge they might push but then what we're seeing from Vietnam, unfortunately, um, they lost by quite a big margin in their last friendly against Spain. It was 9-0. Um, but as you rightly said, they also played Germany before that, and Germany only beat them 2-1. So what do you think? Which one do we hope is the more accurate scoreline? Um, well, to be in favour of the underdog, I've got to hope the Germany <laughs> one is the more accurate one, um, just because I don't want anyone to get beaten 9-0. Um, but I guess it depends on the day and the team that they're fielding and what they're trying to achieve because that 9-0 they might have been trying new setups or they might have just been like we know the Spanish are really like, attacking and they've got really good players so we'll just work on like defending use this as a defending training match rather than anything else but the Germans are really tough to play as well and I think Germany got further than Spain in the Euros so, yeah, I just, I don't know what to think. I'm a bit confused. It's... Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, you know, because what do the team winning 9-0, what, what do they get out of it? Because it's clearly not a challenge. Um, and we want matchups to be, you know, more equally matched. That's what um, Serena Wiegmann said in the past, isn't it? You know, she doesn't want to beat Luxembourg 13-0. She wants to, you know, challenge spain and germany and france and the teams that are around you know your quality level and you want to or just above so you can get better and develop um because yeah a defeat like nine nil the the won't have gone home happy with that will they um yeah so let's hope for that the 2-1 scoreline is going to be more accurate um for their world cup journey now the last thing i want to talk about um in this segment are our dark horses of the competition so not necessarily who might go on to win and surprise people but who might finish higher than we initially thought or might even get out of the group when we thought they might not i'm gonna go first i think switzerland might cause an upset um as we talked about before we've got some really really talented players in that squad um and I think they've got a really good chance of getting out of their group. Um, so I've gone for Switzerland. Who are you going to go for? Um, I'm not going to change my mind. I'm going to stick with what I said all along. And I'm going to go with Netherlands. I think um, they've had a period of transition since losing Serena Wiegmann. Um, and they they haven't been achieving what the quality of the team can achieve. And I think even without Viv at this world cup i think they can still get out the group and be competitive so i'm gonna say they're gonna be my dark horses they're gonna be overachievers at this world cup um if i don't well i have faith uh but if, if i really think that they can i don't think they necessarily get all the way but i think that they could at least get out the group so i'm really excited yeah i think 
in their group, I think we've, I mean, well, I'll stop myself there because we're talking about predictions later, aren't we? But yeah, I think even with um, Miedemar not being there, I think they've still got some brilliant quality players like Van der Donk, uh, like Jill Rood. Uh, I think, you know, they're, they're still a strong team, regardless of, um, like you said, there are no transitional period. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll keep an eye on them as well for you. <laughs> and we'll see what they do. And the last thing we did want to mention quickly before we move on to our next segment is just how many WSL players there are at this tournament. Does that say that we're officially the best league in the world, do you think? I hope so. I hope that um, I'm showing my age now and I won't say how old I am, but there'll be people out there listening to this who will be able to understand where I'm coming from. But when I was about 16, 15, 16, if I wanted to play football, I had to go to America. I had to sign on to a college and go that route and hope that I made it big and made a career out of it with the possibility that I wouldn't come back to the UK until my playing career was over. Um, a lot of people will remember a time when that existed. Uh, but now we're in a position where we've got more WSL players than NWSL players at the World Cup, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And we're developing our own academies. Uh, if you look at the investment in recent years, and hopefully this will continue, and it just shows you how much the game has changed for English homegrown talent. The fact that if you look at all the signings, the people that have come to our league and are coming to our league, the big names, I just think that you, you know, recent years we've had like Alex Morgan, Viv Miedemar, Jill Rood, Sam Kerr, Rachel Daly, all these players that have come in. Um, from externally well I know Rachel's an external but you know what I mean she's come from America so we had all these players come in and it just shows you that we can attract talent and retain it so if we can keep developing and investing in the game then I'm really hoping that this will allow this to continue um, and and make it the best league in the world I know we have to compete with America and they'll always be like oh no we're the best I, I think that we can really be up there because you look at all the other leagues and there's like one good team or two good teams and a WSL, you've got the top four and then the best of the rest is no longer the best of the rest and a massive chasm between the two. It's really close as Villa showed this last season mm-hmm. and, and teams like Everton and West Ham have previously. So I'm hoping that this will only progress. So without waffling, the WSL in the next few years, hopefully will be worth what Karen Carney said it would be worth, which I think should be about 10, 10 billion or something. Um, and hopefully it will be the best yeah. in the world. And, and, and the best thing is, yeah. as um, English people are living in England, we get to watch it week in, week out. So we're winners all round for love, love of the football. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we get to be there to literally watch it grow. I mean, we've been there for years already because we're ancient. Um, and we've been to matches where there's been, you know, 20, 30 people, then a couple of hundred people, then suddenly it was in the thousands and now selling out Wembley. So it shows the power of the game. And if nothing else, it showed that despite what some people are saying, you know, there is an audience for women's football. There are people that love it. Um, and it's not just a couple of people. It's, you know, it's a hell of a lot of people who um, come out every single week and travel across the country and across the world um, to support their team. As we've seen in the World Cup, so many people have gone out, um, travelled across the world to go and support their favourite players. So, yeah. If the WSL can be as diverse and equal as we hope it can be, then yeah, we've definitely got the best league in the world, haven't we? And it's exactly what we want to see. So let's go on to our next bit then. Um, So we really want to talk about what do we think about the player of the tournament? Do we want to see a big name or do we want to see a breakthrough player like Chloe Kelly was at the Euros? What do you 
yeah definitely everybody wants that don't they we, you can use these tournaments as a way to find new exciting players and i really hope that we can do this we can get another beth mead another chloe kelly um come through i mean there's so many teams at the moment that are transitioning the old guard and the new the new blood coming through um look at the likes of america they're doing it and people that are having management turmoil and it's a mixture of new players and old players like spain so it's going to be a really really good tournament but i i just hope that we can get a really like unknown player come out like we know lauren james we know about lauren james but just like another lauren james to come out of somewhere come out the woodwork wherever you are and really shine um and and then make a name for themselves and hopefully that will uh, attract investment into themselves and their club and it'll spiral not spiral it'll snowball and it'll get bigger and better like it's one of the analogies one of the two we spiraling or snowballing <laughs> but yeah you know, it's an opportunity to find your next favorite player isn't it and you can follow them um in their journey yeah. around the world so yeah i really hope it's hopefully one of the ones we're going to talk about next so we have each picked five players to watch um do you want to go first or do you want me to go first um i'll let you go first because you've gone first all, all around oh, thanks very much uh, the first one i've chosen is barbara bander now she is the captain of the zambian team and she was crucial to their win over germany in their friendly that we talked about earlier um, now she has been described as a fast and skillful striker she actually scored hat-tricks in both of their opening matches at the 2021 Olympics. So if anyone is a bit nervous about who's going to be goal scorer, maybe even a shout for the golden boot of the tournament, um, I think Barbara Bandit is going to be up there. So she's my first player to watch. Uh, my next one, probably a bit more famous name, but I don't think she gets uh, the credit she deserves, is Hayley Russell. She describes herself as a creator first and foremost. She isn't afraid to work hard. We've seen that in Man City. Recently signed for Real Madrid, so hopefully helping them to push Barcelona uh, in Liga F next season. Now, she played brilliantly against France in their friendly, and she isn't afraid to get those tackles in. So I'm really looking forward to watching her, um, as well as the rest of the Matildas, to see if they're home advantage, um, to see if they get the benefit of it. So Hayley Russell is my second player. My third player, um, I've gone for Trinity Rodman. Now she is, I think we've spoke before about a lot of teams being in um, a transitional period and the USA are no exception to that. They've always been seen as heavyweights in women's football and they've had a lot of success. They are going into this hoping for a three-peat, um, never been done before. And Trinity Rodman is, well, she's been predicted to be hopefully part of that um, record-breaking squad. Now, she's already been the youngest drafted player in NWSL history. The USA coach has called her a dangerous, tremendous finisher and a rapid and tricky opponent. So she could be the thorn in the side of many teams. Um, that is my prediction for Trinity Rodman there. I've then gone, so my fourth player to watch, is Elisa Delmeda. Now, she plays for PSG, for club, um, so is playing with our Kenza Dali in the French team. Now, she is a defender, and in the friendly against Australia, she, without her, um, she made some fantastic um, blocks and defensive tackles. And, you know, without her being at the back, um, the scoreline would have looked a lot different, um, I'm sure of it. So she is number four on my list. And finally, I've gone for Lena Obdorf of Germany. Now, she's already got some fantastic accolades and is probably more of a bigger name to watch because I know she's going to perform as she always does. So she's already been recognised for her talent at the FIFA Pro World, Women's World 11, sorry, earlier this year. And her skill in midfield has been compared to Kira Walsh. And honestly, I can see it when she plays. Um, so she's going to be a delight to watch and how she influences play um, and as we've seen Germany have a bit of a flop um, I think she's really going to make the difference um, in their side so they are my five so over to you which five have you chosen I've gone for five less obscure uh, well 
they're, they're more household names um yeah. just because when i when i watch games i like to um i like people with flair like kenza darley um yeah. kirsty hansen so my choice has reflected that so no disrespect to anybody i've missed off um so i'm going to start with uh sophia smith so another american um she's 22 um she's one of the top performing players in the nwsl um this last season creating and scoring um create a scoring five goals for every one she creates which is a really good ratio um, and her take-on rate is 44%, which is quite good. And most of those end in the shot. So she's going to be really deadly. And when you've got, you know, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino, they're coming towards the end of their careers. Megan's already said she's going to retire at the end of the year or the end of her se- NWSL season, which I think is December. Um, then this is who's going to be coming in and taking the reins. And it's, it's, can she make that step? to fill the shoes of some very great people or is she going to bring something new so that's why i've picked her because it's a big question mark over what's going on there my second uh is one of your favorites um Aitana Bamati. Uh, she's one of the best uh barca players on the team um she's renowned for anchoring the midfield and does all the glamorous work but she's also good at being creative and getting those goals and getting on the score sheet she's got a mass respect from a lot of players she doesn't get the recognition maybe she deserves you could argue uh, but i mean she's covered for alexia being out injured uh, this last year mm-hmm. both at club and country level so i'm really excited to see with alexia back what role she plays and what she does um and how many goals she can score. Um, I think she'll score a couple of worldies. Um, yeah, shout out for the golden boot, do you think? Possibly, yeah. Um, and then my third one is Barbara Banders. So great minds think alike. Barbara Banders' uh, teammate, right, okay. Rachel Kundananji. I apologise, Rachel, if I've got your name wrong, from Zambia. Um, she helped um, big time in uh, the the defeat of Germany um she she plays uh a football in Liga F uh with uh, Caroline Weir uh, and she's in, in the top three for shots for Madrid which when you're playing with Caroline Weir uh, mm. all the players of that caliber like to get to that level is, is quite a big thing so yeah, somebody, yeah. who, who's got um maybe less opportunities in their home country it really shows how much she wants it so it'd be exciting to see she's um she's played over a thousand minutes um she's averaged over 4.5 non-penalty shots per 90 which is really quite high considering so i think she's going to be one of these that we're going to be deadly on the counter-attack really quick and uh it was 16 goals um of a 25 coming from running and counter-attacks I think Zambia are going to be absolutely deadly, especially with Barbara. Together, the two of them, I think they're going to be um, dark. Dark. We pick, we pick dark horses, but I think they're going to make a name for themselves this tournament in a positive way, yeah. not a Colombia way, in a, in a positive way. Um, and then my fourth one is uh, my. Uh, she, she's made me eat my hat. Um, this season playing for Man City, Yuri Hasegawa of Japan. Um, she came to WSL and I thought, why have they picked her? Like, I don't understand. She's tiny. She's not going to cope with the physicality of the league. Um, she's, you know, she's a good player, but is she exactly what Man City need? And I've watched her grow over the season. She's been fantastic. Mm. Absolutely, my words. A brilliant signing. And I think she's helped Man City save their season with, with what she's been doing and out of all the WSL players she's the highest in open play of starting a sequence and that sequence wow. ending in a shot so if she can do that they're so disciplined I, th- I think for Japan being the way that they play liking to control the ball and play quite high up I think it's really going to benefit them so 
I'm really excited to see what she can do at country level, having seen her. She's one of my players of the season uh, for the WSL, so I, I, I really can't wait to see what she does. And then my last one um, is because of the backstory I've picked her. Um, okay. We have a bit of a soft spot for the Irish team. Um, Sinead Farrelly, um, she retired in 2016 after a, a really nasty car crash and it only came to light in 2021 that there was underhand behaviour, shall we say, going on at club level, mm. uh, which stopped her playing. And she only returned to the uh, to playing in 2022 and she's back in the, the Irish squad. And I think as someone who has health problems and and has had to learn to be resilient i think to go through what she's been through and come out the other side is is, is nothing more than inspirational so i'm 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 wanting to watch her because i'm wanting to see her succeed so i'm picking her for that reason um not because of statistics or anything else but just purely because of the backstory and i just really hope that this can be her year this can be her comeback and she can prove to all the people that have done her a disservice and taken away the football and the love of football from her that they were in the wrong and and and, and she deserves every minute of this world cup so without getting emotional um all the best of the irish girls and especially sinead so big up the Irish. oh i love that one yeah that was brilliant um and much better than your original choice of sam kerr <laughs> yeah, but the reason for sam is different it was because it was a home um home advantage mm-hmm. um <laughs> we, we've seen yeah we've seen for the english girls at the euros so home advantage but also it's not what she does because she's mm-hmm. such a big name that you can't sleep on her because she will make you, know, you play 90 minutes and you snooze for 15 seconds yeah, and she's yeah. scored but it's 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 what she does off the ball allowing um people to come in like uh, you you mentioned in the the last game she played with mary fowler her movement off the ball yeah. allowed mary fowler to come in and score so i'm hoping that be interested to see how they they mark her out the game and what that does to the allow the mm. other players to come in and really get on the score sheet. So I'm not expecting her to be a golden boot for Sam, but I'm expecting her to really shine as well. So not for the fangirl reasons, I'm watching her. Um, I'm watching her for the tactical boring reasons, but be interesting to see what Emma Hayes has um, conditioned into her since the last uh, tournament and see how she gets on but yeah i'm happy with my five and sorry sam if you're listening not that you probably yeah, will no, be but if you are <laughs> yeah if, if you are um please don't score against filler and um, i'll say something nice and pick you next time see you because know. we were so we've been talking about countries for so long i was like score against filler and i was like oh chelsea just completely in a different world there right okay yeah that makes sense uh yeah please don't score against filler um we'll Hopefully, Daphne, we'll keep a clean sheet. It's fine. We've got Daphne now. (laughs) And I think put in there, we should have our hashtag, come on you girls in green. Um, And the last thing that we want to talk about in this podcast are our predictions for the group winners. Uh, We've mentioned them briefly as we've gone through this podcast, so hopefully there won't be too much of a surprise. Now, we did discuss our um, our thoughts before we came on air, um, and we agreed on pretty much the majority, and then some we had to kind of go with our head rather than our heart. So let's go through them, shall we? So in Group A, we had Norway and Switzerland. No, I said New Zealand. Oh, New Zealand, that was it. Yeah, because <laughs> you thought, right, home advantage. Home advantage, yeah. Getting behind the girls, and uh, I've got to back my girl Annalie, haven't I? So I, I've got to hope that. I'm, sorry, sorry, Alicia, I'm not, I'm not backing you. Um, but uh, I'm really hoping home advantage will do it. But to be fair, either team, I'd be really happy with to see getting out the group. So 
it's really difficult who to pick in that group. It's just going to be so tight. Yeah, it's going to be really tight that one. Um, yeah, so Norway and Switzerland with our heads, and we can add a third one in there, right? With our yeah. Oxford, because yeah. <laughs> you know, Group B. Then we said Australia and Canada are going to be more likely to get out of the group. But again, our hearts, Republic of Ireland. Um, we, I mean, if they could get out of that group. Because Canada, yes, they're Olympic gold medalists, but their whole federation has been in turmoil. Would that have impacted the team? How have they been playing? You know, they it was goalless against us in that behind closed doors friendly. We just don't know. So again, that group, again, one to watch because it could could go either way, couldn't it, for that one? Yeah, and the Irish really, really want it. And they've got such a lot of support. Yeah. So I think that that's... With these games, if you look at, like, if you think that when you watch, like, the men's FA Cup, there's always a cup upset and it's always by a club that really, really wants it and is really hungry. And I think yeah. if, that, if they, if anybody writes off Ireland, considering they held out to France for 60 minutes or so, then I think they can keep a respectable scoreline and then it only takes one point or, or even a win and, and they could be through. So I think that, that they're going to take it all the way. And with our hearts, we want them to get out of the group, but we've just got to see what happens mm. there. Um, but we will be um, plastic paddies if they get out, I think. Uh, we'll join uh, Rusha and we'll be plastic paddies if they get out. And we'll keep everything crossed that they do. Yeah. Moving on to Group C then, we've got Spain and Japan. I think that one was pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that one, uh, Group D, England and Denmark. Again, strongest really in their group. Group E, then we've got USA and the Netherlands. Even though they were your dark horse, we've still got them finishing second in the group. Uh, were there any upsets in that one that we thought Group E? No, it's just the Portugal. We think are going to make it difficult. That's the one for for um, these teams. I think America will probably stalk the group um, the way they're playing at the moment, but it just takes them to switch off and have an off day and another team to have a good day and everything okay, can Okay, so that's Group E, USA and Netherlands. Group F, we put France and Brazil. Are we happy with those choices? Yeah, I think the reggae girls uh, of Jamaica will make things mm -hmm. difficult, uh, but... I think it's going to be fairly clear, sadly, in that group that those two are going to go through. I think Brazil are actually going to do really well this tournament. So they are definitely ones to watch more so than France. Sorry, Kenza. Um, but I think Brazil, they just, they're just Brazil, aren't they? So it'd be interesting to see how that group progressed through the group, uh, the the last 16 and the last eight stages. Yeah, because they've just got this aura about them, haven't they, Brazil? Um, that they just, you know, they live and breathe football. Um, yes, that was Group yeah. F, France and Brazil. Group G, we had Sweden and Italy. Were we happy with that one? Yeah, I think that one's going to be quite clear cut as well. Um, you're Lena Hertig for Sweden. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got a root for, root for them, haven't we? <laughs> We have. Um, again, I think I told the story on socials, but I was so convinced Martina Piamonte was going to be the striker for Italy. I had the Italian away kit, because it's beautiful. It's like all marbled, if you haven't seen it. Um, I had that with her name on the back, with the number. I had it in my basket, ready to go. And then they announced the squad, and she wasn't on it. And the heart I, I, I did. Yeah, it's all my fault. Uh, sorry, everyone. Um, but I was so ready. <laughs> I was so ready to buy that shirt. But I might just have to go get a Lena Hurtig shirt and hopefully get her to sign that one as well. That'd be quite good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and finally, Group H, we've got Germany and Korea Republic. That one's pretty straightforward, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Although Germany, we need them to show up. We need them yeah, they need you know, to show up, don't they? But yeah, so we said for that one, as long as Germany show up, they shouldn't really have an issue getting out of their group. So that was Group H, Germany and Korea Republic. We chose for the winners there. Now that brings us to the end of this podcast. Hopefully everything has been recorded and uploaded <laughs> and we have both sides of the conversation. Um, and if we make it, we will be so happy. Um, so if you have enjoyed our wonderfully 
wonderful ramblings um, for the last hour or so, then please don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. Let us know if you enjoyed it. If you didn't enjoy it, that's absolutely fine. Just please keep that to yourself. <laughs> but we do welcome constructive criticism as we are learning and we want to get better each week. Um, so come and reach out, come and say hi. Um, we'd love to grow our community and really the love of the women's game that that's all we want to share really isn't it yeah definitely yeah and we will be back as often as we can we're hoping for each week um depending on life really um, but as soon as the wsl season starts again and the winter leagues in general um then we will be back with more transfer news predictions and just all-around thoughts on the women's game so thank you very much for joining us and we hope to see you again very soon goodbye goodbye